just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff the show, Tanner and Christine are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies, cause you're listening. You're listening to Loser Like Me. Loser Like Me. and welcome to Loser Like Me. This is a Glee recap and review podcast. My name is Christina, and I don't want everything we worked for to fall apart just because of one bad burrito. And I'm Tanner, and my pillow and blanket fell in the pool. Disaster. Truly, truly. I need to get faster drinking my coffee so I can finish up <laughs> while you're talking. <laughs> yeah. We are back with absolutely no delay in our in our recording and release schedule whatsoever. Exactly. This we just finished recording the episode you just listened to because just li- just like the way the Glee aired it, this episode Nationals aired on May 15th right after props. Mhm. Mhm. Uh but notably, this episode was written and directed by a different combo than props. Uh director is Eric Stoltz himself, and written by Allie Adler. So hopefully, this is going to be a somewhat decent episode. <laughs> this is a somewhat decent episode of Glee. I think I think it is a pretty good episode. I think it ac- might actually be at least music-wise, it's one of my favorite episodes. But also, like this, it, it's hard for me to pick a favorite because, like I said earlier, this last chunk, like everything post on my way, are just I don't know if they're good episodes, but as 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 a group concept. They're very powerful. To, they feed into each other. I would generally say that's true in the sense of like, wow, hey, they're actually, uh, they have storylines that last more than two episodes. Yeah. Writing with an overarching plot in mind on my glee. <laughs> it's like occasionally happen. Yes. But yeah, let's just, let's just start off because it, it does give us yeah. a previously on just in case you didn't just watch the last episode. Oh, I didn't have about a, how I didn't have a previously on when I watched it. Maybe it's because when I watched it, it had been some time since I watched the previous one. Hmm. Because I watched props way ahead of schedule. Yeah. So when I came back in, it was like, hey, it's been like a month since you watched Glee. It's like, oh yeah, since I watched Glee, not since I talked about Glee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and it's it's a recap, and it's just like, Rachel's really stressed about what she's going to do when they get to Nationals, because for the past three years, all she's been talking about, and then like shows clips of Rachel just going, New York, Broadway, Streisand, Dreams, Broadway, New York. Oh no, I did have it. It just, which I I think I did have the recap after all. It just slid over me like cool water, and I didn't pay attention. <laughs> you you don't pay attention because you already know these facts, and I pay attention because like, hey, sometimes the recaps are weird. <laughs> yes. We open on Mercedes' deathbed. <laughs> yeah, I because they're they made it to Chicago successfully. They left for the four hour bus ride from Lima, Ohio, to Chicago, Illinois. And that's not including traffic last episode. So they got there safely, but apparently they've been there for at least one meal because Mercedes is sick with food poisoning. Yeah, Sue announces she either has dengue fever or the H1N1 flu, swine flu virus. Yeah, because uh, those were, well, H1N1 was topical in 2012. But no, it's, it is it is just apparently food poisoning because the rest of the kids went to chipotle for or at least the rest of the girls went to chipotle because they just needed food fast and mercedes went to a mom and pop uh, burrito place and she's the only one who got sick and nowadays those tables have turned is this a bridesmaid reference 
I wouldn't know because I haven't seen Bridesmaids. <laughs> There's a scene in Bridesmaids where they're, all the bridesmaids and the bride are going for lunch. And Kristen Wiig's character is like, I found this cool little hole-in-the-wall Mexican restaurant. And then they all eat there, and then they all have a, like intense rapid-onset food poisoning. Great. Maybe it is. I don't know. But it's it, this is a very sweet scene, because Mercedes is, you know, lying in bed with, you know, her hair up and everything, and... She is being nursed by Sugar and Santana and Brittany and Tina and Quinn. You may notice there is one person absent from this list. Hmm. <laughs> per, I'd like to think per Mercedes' request. Yes. <laughs> Get her out of my sick room. <laughs> or Rachel excused herself when Mercedes started to get sick because, oh no, I can't get sick. I'll lose my talent. I don't want to catch contagious food poisoning. Yeah. Will and Sue are also in the sick room. They're having a crisis. And Sue declares that she is going to uh, essentially pump Mercedes full of vitamins and Pedialyte and put her in an ice bath to bring her fever down. <laughs> so uh, yeah. em emergency medicine from Sue Sylvester, which is notably sounds more like actual medicine than a lot of the previous things that she has uh, espoused on Glee. Well, and also just in general, like Sue is a bonkers cartoon character, but I feel like the one thing I could trust her on is like physical health like she probably has a kinesiology degree i mean strictly speaking yeah because at least in my high school a lot of the people who were a lot of the people who were solely athletics coaches had degrees in uh, kinesiology yeah so she probably yeah kinesiology sports health because like she'd have to make sure her cheerios are like in tip-top shape so they can become the amazon warrior squadron or whatever she's training them for yes and because Mercedes is ill, Will announces that Quinn is going to be taking the solo in The Edge of Glory, and Tina is also going to now be participating in The Edge of Glory. It's a, it's a good thing he put their names on the program before Mercedes got sick. <laughs> yeah, it, this is one of those things where it's like, they had to have been filming the episodes concurrently. <laughs> yeah. If this episode was made like five years later, she would have gotten like a full charcoal system flushing, because that's what charcoal does. <sighs> No, but that's the thing. Like, this is the one time actually, like, banning some charcoal, <laughs> eating a charcoal forget would be a good thing. Yeah, Ish. yeah. I just... Like, yeah, the, the reason people say don't put charcoal in everything is because it can take away really important stuff, like medication and whatnot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But in this case, where the only thing in Mercedes' system we want to get rid of is the food poisoning, and that's the only extraneous thing in her system, then yeah, eating yeah, a bag of yeah. charcoal perquettes would be a fine, totally fine and normal thing. That's fair. And And I'm sure that's how it works. Yes. Just chat on a charcoal briquette. Mmm. Crunchy brownie. That's why we keep them in the pharmacy section. <laughs> There's, are you familiar with the comic strip Foxtrot? Yes. There's one of the strips where the family is trying really hard to eat the burgers that the dad made, and there's all these, like, horrible crunching noises coming from the family eating them. Mm -hmm. And the, the teen son, who, like, leans over to his dad, is like, Yeah. Dad, are you sure you didn't just serve us the briquettes by accident? And dad's like, uh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, now that this has happened, uh, Will has concerns. He's worried that, like, after everything they've been through and after everything he's done to make them the best that they possibly can be, it still won't be enough compared mm -hmm. to the other teens. Yeah. And Emma, who is also a chaperone here, gives Will a pep talk. You know, like, oh, honey, I believe in you. Everything's gonna be just fine. And then Ghost Beast runs up the hallway and says, Everything's not fine! <laughs> the boys are fighting! Presidential alert! 
And we run into this rehearsal room, and they are all fighting while in their, like, rehearsal clothes, so it's a lot of, like, sleeveless hoodies and sweatpants and whatnot. And when we say rehearsal room, I do need you all to know that this is, like, one of, like, the conference rooms at the hotel where they have moved- <laughs> where they have moved the long tables aside to make room for them to do dance practice. Yes, but also I have done drama and band rehearsals in a room just like this. I mean, me too. <laughs> I just, I need the listeners to know that this is not an environment where they have a practice room, like, reusing the classroom set. <laughs> yeah. But as Will and Emma arrive on the scene, and Will starts trying to break up the boys, uh, Sugar's in the background yelling, FIGHT! 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 I love her! <laughs> I love I love her now. <laughs> um, but yeah. But, but it's, it's Puck and Sam are in a fight. Because Puck is studying for European geography instead of learning the choreography. And Puck is like, I already know the choreography! And that's better than I can say for you, Sam! You dance like your feet are caught in bear traps! Yeah. <laughs> Which is a unique and creative insult. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just is just yelling at each other. Finn yells about how he wants them to win. I just put down Rachel as a bitch. <laughs> And she she's not even that much of a bitch in this scene. I've I've got a blow by blow here. Go for it. Because <laughs> it's it's Sam and Puck fighting, and then they're broken up, and they insult each other, and then they start fighting again. And there's also like Rory's trying to hold Sam back, and then Sam shoves Rory, and my heart breaks forever. <laughs> Kurt, who is currently dressed like he's gonna be the new host of Punked for some reason, <laughs> he's he's dressed like he was he's going to be in the music video that Glee Project did for Can't Touch This. <laughs> But but he's sitting there and he's like, by the way, while we're fighting about jazz squares, Unique is receiving the key to the city. Yeah, which like, good for her. And then Brittany announces that her pillow and blanket have fallen into the pool of disaster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Artie says that they're just tired and then Finn and Rachel, like, Finn and Rachel have, like, assume leadership command in tandem. They're like, we just need to rehearse all night if we have to because we have to get it perfect, you guys. Mm-hmm. Also, we do need to note that Artie is carrying a bucket of Chicago-style kettle corn. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, and when I say a bucket, I do mean one of those, like, Boy Scout holiday sales popcorn buckets. It's a metal it's a tin. It's a big bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Artie is truly just vibing in this scene. Artie has- He really is. He is just d- drifting through this scene with no cares in the world. And also there's- after Rachel says her bit, she gets, I guess, frustrated and just goes to, like, lean her forehead against the far wall. And you can see her in the background, like, <sighs> <laughs> And then Santana assumes control. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to hear any, we can't do it without Sadie's, because we don't have a choice. If we're not giving it every, if you're not giving it everything you've got, I will go Lima Heights on you. Yeah. And I just wrote down, Santana, pep talk, good. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Santana has a right. And she says, I'm sorry, I always go to the yelling place. I have yeah. rage. <laughs> rage. <laughs> there we go. There's a tagline for the podcast. We, for the past, what, four years, we have had rage. Yes, and we will continue to have rage. <laughs> hey, hey, remember when our first episode was called a low-sodium roasting? <laughs> yeah, it was low-sodium at the time. Now it's high-sodium. <laughs> it's very, it's nothing but salt. This podcast is no longer heart healthy. <laughs> but yeah, so Will is like, no, this this rage is good. It means that you want to win. Let the hate flow through you. I can use every ounce of your rage. Ah, <laughs> yeah. And 
They let their internal self-hatred be their motivators. And uh, No, because it's not self-hatred, it's just passion. They let their passion be their motivators. I mean, and it really is, they're not- Like, we even, even Will points out, there's so much passion in this room, even your arguing is about the work. You guys want to- you want this. Yeah. And and that is something that comes through. Like, they're not fighting over petty things that they used to, they're fighting over being the best that they can be. Mm-hmm. And we get to see some nice little shots of them doing, like, actual choreography practice. Yeah. Like, Will says, let's take a half hour break and then get back to it. And Tina's like, no, we're, we're, we have the opening death slot. And so we're almost have everything blocked out. Can we just keep going? And Will's like, yeah, sure. If you want to keep going, let's just keep going, guys. (laughs) Yeah. And there's like a half mention of Quinn being like, oh, I only started walking like two episodes ago. I don't know if I'm going to be up for this dance routine. And Will's like, it's okay. We got this. We'll stick you in the back. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. She she has a little stumble when they start rehearsing, and Joe's like, ugh, but then Quinn is okay, and he's like, mm, praise, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mike is helping the other guys with the choreo while Artie goes over to help Puck study. Sam mm-hmm. and Maury hug, and my heart is healed forever again. <laughs> yeah. And then we just immediately cut to the next day, because they they truly have rehearsed through the whole night, pretty much. Yes. And it's I think it's Kurt and Rachel walking up. To the competition, which is at some kind of like. I think it's big... just Rachel. Okay. I think it's yeah, it's just Rachel on her own. Yeah, it's just Rachel. She is walking up to the competition. The theme for the costumes is red and black. She has a very nice dress on. I think this is my favorite competition outfits as well. I still really love the suits from sec- from regionals. <laughs> the suits are good, but these are just so striking. They are very striking, and also I think it's school colors too. Because oh, you're right. Yeah, and. You know who else is here is Jesse St. James, because Vocal Adrenaline is, of course, at Nationals. And he's in a quatrefoil print suit, which is very striking. Like, <laughs> more more prints in menswear, please. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he goes up to Rachel. He's like, I, I know that you, I know that you invited Carmen Thibodeau, and I'd hate to see you pull another choke job today. And Rachel just immediately shuts this boy down, too. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, look, I know we didn't date for super long, but we dated long enough that I can recognize your stress patterns, and you're very clearly stressed right now. Yeah, you get mean and pale, and you run your hand through your hair like you're Danny Zuko, and it cuts to him, like, hand midway through his hair, and he just awkwardly pulls it down. Yeah, and he's like, ugh, 33% of the songs you perform have to be vintage. I thought it was 66%. I thought he said 33 no, like, he said 33, but I thought the initial thing they said was 66. I don't remember. <laughs> that was a long time ago. At a fraction, specifically. Anyway, they tell each other good luck, and then Finn comes up and to check on well, Rachel. It's, it's a little bit more than that, because Jesse, like, stresses about the, all the pressure that he's under because he had to reinvent the program, and he's- Him and Vocal Adrenaline are screwed if they can't pull a win out. And Rachel is then encouraging to him as well. Like, she's generally like, hey, you- you helped reboot the system. You gave Unique a great shoulder, a great foundation to stand on, even though technically it was Mercedes and Kurt who got her started. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they do, like, legitimately encourage each other. I will, And then Finn comes up, and uh, Rachel goes off to get ready, and Finn and Jesse eye each other up, and then they do wish each other good luck, which mm-hmm. might be backhanded, on account of the fact that you're not supposed to say good luck! We've been over this! I just wrote down that it was a good luck handshake between Leah's fiancé and her gay best friend. <laughs> And then we cut to them behind the scenes, and they're all yep. they're all preparing. They're putting their makeup on, 
and Finn reveals to Rachel that he went out and got them a Chicago emblazoned beer stein to break at their wedding. Because <laughs> he remembered that part of the Jewish wedding tradition is that you break a glass. Nowadays, it's usually like under a under a napkin or something, so you don't get glass everywhere. But And he's like, I got this for our wedding. And she's like, I don't remember exactly what it's supposed to represent, but thank you. Because Leah, Michelle, and Ryan Murphy have never met another Jewish person. Yeah, they didn't even think about asking Diana. What if, oh, imagine if they did, and Diana, who's so fed up at this point, just gave them a fully wrong answer. She's God, like, that know, would I be... I am leaving the show after this season. I am just gonna troll you guys on my That accident. would be incredible. Also, Finn reveals that he has an ongoing bet with Rick the Stick. He bet their honeymoon money that New Directions would win nationals. And Rachel is like, Finn, sweetheart, darling, why did you do this? And he's like, it's because we're going to win, and I've been visualizing us winning for the last three months. I'm, gonna, I'm going to the secret into the universe. Yes. And she's like, I just love you so much. And then they run to do the show circle, and Will's about to give the speech, but Finn wants to do it instead. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Mr. Schuster... After we were rehearsing last night, we all sat in a circle, and we said what we wanted to win this for, and we all said it was for you. And we also hope that you get to win Teacher of the Year Award, because you're like our teacher of the lifetime. Yeah, this is the part where I wrote in my notes, I would have loved to have seen just, like, the kids hanging out with, like, vending machine snacks the night yes. before a big competition. And, like, this might be the scene that will finally get me to write glee fanfic in the year of our lord 2023 you know it wouldn't have to be vending machine snacks it would be like sugar's like i'm rich i'm just gonna get we can finally get all the room service oh my god absolutely but also you can raid the mini fridge yes and like i even went through ao3 last night and i was looking for missing scenes fix for glee oh you got you gotta do it christina I might have to do it. I might have to bump this up over my over my monolith of a Power Rangers fanfic that I'm also working on. <laughs> but yeah, and they go to do the they go to do the hands and circle thing, and then guess who's back? Mercedes is back. It's okay. Tell a friend. <laughs> tell a friend. You can really tell that Christina doesn't actually know how that song goes. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Christina, noted M&M fan. Yeah, M&M's is in the chocolate candies. <laughs> Fun fact for listeners. Did you know that if you get one of the jumbo size mini M&M tubes, they will fit an entire set of dice in them? I think I did know that. But I think I did it the reverse. I think I filled a dice tube of mini M&M's. <laughs> and it's... Uh, anyway, Mercedes is back. Everyone rejoices. And she says, Tina and Quinn, I still want you guys to be a part of Edge of Glory, so we're going to split the solo. Yeah. Also, there are so many steroids going through Mercedes' body right now that she might turn into the Hulk if they piss her off. I would love to see it. Cast Amber Riley in She-Hulk season two. Yes. Amber Riley would have also been a really good Titania, but maybe it's for the best that it wasn't her on account of Titania. Didn't do anything! (laughs) I really like She-Hulk, but also it didn't really go anywhere. All I know about She-Hulk is that she and her guy wife, uh, Matthew Murdoch, got together and they were very cute. Sorry, this is just the first I've ever heard of Matt Murdoch being referred to as a guy wife. Well, he's a very soft man. He's a very nice boy. Yes. Also, I haven't, 
I haven't seen She-Hulk, and most of my awareness of Marvel fandom at this point is Tanner from you and Theo. So, <laughs> or, my awareness of Marvel TV is from you and Theo. My general Marvel awareness is mostly from you and Lindsay, and also Theo. <laughs> Fair. Anyways, what's happening now? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so we're chocolate. now we're at the. We are at the competition. This is I have I have so few newts in comparison to uh, newts. Well, I have I have less newts than last time too. Um, <laughs> I have so many fewer notes. So, mm-hmm. so many the amount of notes I have this time is less than the amount of notes I had last time. Uh, because most of this is just the songs and me going ah the songs. So like I'm yeah, almost on my notes I, already. I also have I also have comparatively lower amount of notes than I have for other episodes. Yeah. It's competition day. They're in the auditorium. Coach Beast is sitting next to Sue and stress eating from a box of chocolates. And Sue is like, I need you to shut your mouth when you're eating stress chocolates. And Coach Beast is like, I'm just so, I'm just so nervous for these kids. And then like offers Sue a chocolate and Sue is like, yeah, fine, I'll take one. (laughs) Which is like a nice moment of camaraderie. It is really nice. And then Will is also nervous. He's like, Mercedes still has a fever. Carmen Timido hasn't shown up. <laughs> Nothing's going to go correctly. And Will just, or not Will, Emma just grabs his hands like, hey, calm the fuck down. Hold- <laughs> yeah. How am I the sensible one today? I mean, very easily it's Emma, but like, yeah. normally, normally she's the one who's scared like a baby deer. Yes. <laughs> it's time for the announcement of the judges. And for nationals this year, we have star of, oh God, falling for Christmas. Yeah, America's sweetheart, Lindsay Lohan. Yes. Hollywood gossip legend, Perez Hilton. Which, like, do you think they only put him on this because he was one of the more prominent Glee reporters at this point? I think so. But also, I haven't heard shit about Perez Hilton's, like, since this episode. Honestly, same. When being a celebrity blogger is rough, when being a celebrity blogger is just, like, everyone's hobby now. Yes. And honestly, like, I was like... Oh, hey, it's Lindsay Lohan. She looks a lot happier now. Holy shit, Perez Hilton has three children. Three children? Good for him? I, I I hope so. Yeah. Oh, he's had a podcast since 2015, which I think, yeah, I guess that's just the natural evolution. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he's also the, he's also the person who called for Isaiah Washington to get fired from Degrees Anatomy. That's nice. Cool. Do you know who that is? No. He, Isaiah Washington was one of the early cast members, and he was, like, Christina Yang's first love interest, and they're, like, on and on again, off again for the three seasons he was on, and then when, uh, the word came out that he and T.R. Knight got into a huge altercation behind the scenes because Isaiah was being real homophobic to T.R. Knight, who was not even out at the time, yeah, and so apparently Perez Hilton is the one who called for saying, Isaiah Washington be fired from Grey's Anatomy, like, the show keeps studying itself as being modern and diverse, so shouldn't be having this guy around if he's gonna pull stuff like that backstage. And then he was. Nice. Sometimes bullying celebrities does work. Yeah. And the other judge is local Chicago 51st Ward Alderman Martin Fong, who seems to be holding campaign materials, but is clearly very happy to be there. Um, specifically, he's representing the North Side and West Loop Corridor 51st Ward Alderman of Chicago. Thank you. I copied down the whole spiel because the announcer runs through that real quickly. I'm sure this will mean something to people who are from Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we cut to backstage where everyone is, well, the girls are on stage and they're all, you know, like doing their last minute stretches and things. In the background, Sugar is meditating. She's meditating? Oh my gosh, I She's meditating! <laughs> but yeah, Santana runs up to Quinn 
and grabs her hand and then grabs Britney's hand and pulls her in. And it's like, the unholy trinity is together again. We're starting together, ending together. And I just put a whole bunch of crying and heart emojis in my notes. (laughs) Family. Family. And then the curtain rises on a song which, because listeners, I take my notes uh, using the scribble feature on my iPad, which translates handwriting to plain text. Uh, if you can do that, you must have really good penmanship. Well, usually I do, but this scribble translated the song title to Edge of Glong. <laughs> G-L-O-N-G. <laughs> That's actually the new term for a Glee cover. It's a Glee song, so it's a glong. <laughs> Make it so. <laughs> but it's The Edge of Glory by Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's very good. It's very, like, this is one of the numbers where it's like, you can tell they had, like, an actual probably show choir choreographer helping out with this one. Yeah. Because it looks like show choir choreography. Everyone just sounds really great. I didn't take any more notes except for the fact that no Rachel in sight. Yeah, it's, uh, it really is just, my note is just Edge of Glory in all caps. Yeah. It's very fun. I will say one note I do have is that if you watch closely during the the section where Tina and Quinn get their solos, Diana Agron starts lip syncing to the verse after hers that Tina's supposed to sing. And then you, so you can see her start lip syncing and then cut herself off and giggle just as the camera's panning away from her. I missed that. But I did see that in the uh, Glee wiki. So Yeah, it's, it's very cute. It's nice. But yeah, it's very good. And the curtain falls. And then Rachel is having stage anxiety, and Finn gives her a pep talk, and he just says, This is your moment. Take it. My moment. (laughs) But yeah, the audience is still clapping from Edge of Glory, as they should be, when Rachel walks out to be on the stage. And like, the applause just kind of all muffles. Yeah. I guess as she gets in the zone. And uh, sometimes you forget how hard it's all coming back to me goes, but then you hear it and it all comes back to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did Leah sound different on this number to you? Yeah, she sounded good. <laughs> yeah, I just, I was like, this is definitely not a regular Leah Michelle ballad voice. Damn, Leah Michelle actually doing Celine justice? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my other notes, is ask Tanner their opinion on how this, on how well Celine Dion was homaged. I mean- I think Celine Dion is better just because it's Celine, but mm-hmm. like, she, this isn't like some of the other times Leah has done Celine, where it f- just kind of falls a little short. This is like definitely get, hitting the same grandeur and emotional depth that the song has. She sounds much fuller than she usually does. Yeah. She's singing with her whole chest. Exactly. Okay, well, let me quickly mention that the backup singers, we have... Mm-hmm. On, on the one side of her, we have three guys, and the other side, we have three girls. We have Blaine, Mike, and Rory, and then we have Quinn, Sugar, and Tina, which I think is is a really interesting pick, because I can, I can, like, I can fully understand Rachel going, like, okay, I want Sugar to be singing because she hasn't had a chance to have any big moments, and I want Tina to be singing because we just had that whole what a feeling situation, and then I want Quinn to be singing because she's my best friend, and that's all. <laughs> <laughs> And then for the boys, I want Blaine to be there because we made out one time. And <laughs> I want Mike to be there because he's not going to get a solo in Paradise by Dashboard Light. And I want Rory to be there because he's getting deported. 
But I just, I do like, like, this headcanon that I've, I came up with as, like, it's Rachel saying, for my solo, I still want to be able to give highlights to the people who haven't gotten, like, huge chances in previous numbers. Fuck you, Joe. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing for Joe, goodbye. It's okay, he'll be here next season. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, uh, while Rachel is singing, we see Carmen Thibodeau walk in, in the middle of a performance, which you don't do. Which I think she did intentionally. She, Ma- she made a point of doing so. <laughs> Maybe they were like, the people at the door were like, holy shit, it's it's EGOT winner Whoopi Goldberg. You can walk in whenever you want to. And she's like, I'm going to interrupt Rachel Berry's performance. <laughs> and notably, she's dressed to coordinate to their costumes. <laughs> she's in black and red <laughs> as well. And somehow when she walks in and takes a seat, Rachel is able to see her do this past the stage lights, <laughs> which is like... Girl, you should have actually hold up. I messaged Riley last night. I was like, can I ask you about show choir stuff real quick? <laughs> okay. Uh, I just asked Riley, how hard is it to see the audience pass the stage lights when you're on stage at a show choir competition? And uh, they say you can make out the first 10 rows and then it fades. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Then it's entirely possible that she was in the first 10 rows. Oh, yeah. My other note for this performance is that I would have loved to see the other verses of It's All Coming Back to Me Now, because they kind of cut it weird. I didn't actually notice that. I was like, I feel like there's at least another verse or two in here, and they just trimmed it short to accommodate <laughs> singing the next song, which is four and a half minutes long. That's <laughs> which, fair. Also, that apparently got trimmed down from the eight minute runtime that it is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, I don't know, I, I didn't notice it was cut weird at all. I thought they cut it good. <laughs> And their final song in their set is uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights by previous Glee guest star Meatloaf. Yeah, and this is also really good. Yeah, it's it's fun. I My first note is that it starts off with Finn on lead and some of the guys backing him up. And they get up on a little box at the front and they do a dance. And Corey dances really well. He does. And Damien is very far in the back. Yes. And everyone kind of pairs off when they do some fun swing dances. And they have a lot of really, like, they distribute the solos evenly as well. Yeah. Well, not evenly, because it's definitely Finn and Rachel on lead. But, like, everyone gets a few bars to shine. Yes, which I like. And Mercedes takes everyone into the key Oh, apparently Mike does get a solo in this thing. Oh, nice! It's when, when Blaine is saying, come on, apparently that's Mike saying, hold tight, in the background. Cool. And I think this is also the only time Finn fully harmonizes with Mercedes. It's fun. Ex- except, I guess, like, when they did Born to Run for the Emmys. Yeah. Hey, did we ever talk about the Jimmy Fallon Glee Born to Run sketch? I don't think we did. Maybe we can include that in, like, the... But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. I watched it. <laughs> I watched it live. <laughs> yeah, so did I. <laughs> but I just, I suddenly re- realized, like, wait a second, I don't think we ever talked about that on the show. Yeah, we can talk about it maybe with uh, the first Boko that we're doing. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, I wrote down that Cory does a skrelt. A, a what? A skrelt. A screaming belt. You know the Pokemon? No, that's Skrelp. Okay. No, a, a, a skrelt is when you are doing a belt, but it's also kind of screamy. Oh, so okay. It's, it's kind more... of scrungly? No, no, it's, no, it's a skrelt. And it's pretty common in, like, rock music, and depending on what kind of musical you're in, like... Mean Girls is probably a musical where there's a lot of skrelting. <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. Mercedes whales, again. <laughs> mm-hmm, but they're good whales. Well, of course they're good whales. It's Amber <laughs> Riley. It's, yeah. 
Is the sprout you're talking about the one near the end? It was definitely in, like, the last quarter the of the song. knows what I could do right now! That one? Maybe? Because, yeah, that that is one of the lyrics from near the end. Um, <laughs> where I, I even love the staging for it because it's Finn and Rachel right at the front, and, like, they've yeah. been harmonizing, and then it stops, and Rachel fully points at Finn while he can do it. He gets the whole spotlight on him, and you see Corey's face, and it's this bright red and sweat, and he's putting in the work. <laughs> It's really fun. It's really fun and it's good. I like the musical numbers where everyone gets a hand on the ball. Yeah. And you, you have you heard the original eight minute long version? I have not. It's, I mean, here's the thing, like, I think three of the minutes they cut out were just like a guitar solo with baseball chatter in the background. Huh. I mean, I guess that makes sense because the plot of this song is we are teens and we are going to go have sex in the car. Yeah. But it's like, so when they get to the part that's like, we're gonna go all the way tonight, we're gonna go all the way tonight's the night. Mm -hmm. In the original song, like, after they sing that for a few bars, it just cuts to, like, a long guitar solo, and there's a whole bunch of baseball chatter, because it's metaphors, you know, like home plate and stuff. And it's just like a whole play-by-play of a baseball game going on, essentially, (laughs) until it finally gets to the, stop right there! Okay, that makes more sense. (laughs) Yeah. I was kind of, especially since, like, that was another thought that I had during this episode was like, it, it. this was like, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights feels like it's two separate songs. And the answer is because they cut out the seg part in the middle. It feels like it's two separate songs. Yeah, that's because they cut out the third song from the middle. <laughs> yeah. Like the first time I heard this, I went, looked at my mom and was like, mom, is this a medley? Like, <laughs> Yeah. How many songs is this, mother? I mean, I feel like that was kind of Meatloaf's whole, Meatloaf's whole thing, though, was yeah. just... Making songs that had a lot of song per song. Yeah, and I think that's what my mom told me too when I asked her that when I was little. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, apparently on the official Gleon Fox website, the song was not listed as Paradise by the Dashboard Light, but instead Meatloaf Mashup, even though it is not a mashup. Mmm, Meatloaf Mashup is my favorite dish at Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a very good set. And everyone gives them, you know, applause, which is good. And then we cut to commercial. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, Unique is having stage fright. <laughs> she's not even in costume, and she's mm-hmm. ready to just fucking leave. Kurt and Mercedes have come by to wish them luck and give them, like, a white rose. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Ah! Oh, everybody's come for me! You're here to ruin my life! Jesse St. James has got me! Like, <laughs> Jesse St. James and the team, they've got me under so much pressure, I can't- All I ever wanted to do is wear and dress and sing! And now I'm the poster child for every child that's different! I can't handle it! Yeah, which, like, is totally fair. <laughs> yes. Like, ooh, she is spiraling. Like, and it's like, is anyone surprised? Yeah, it's like, honey, you should not have to feel the weight of supporting every gender nonconforming kid in America. <laughs> exactly. And Kurt and Mercedes are basically like, but you're gonna, you're, like, you're gonna be so good. Like, all you have to do is get out there and, like, sing, and, like, sing two songs and you will be fine. Yeah. Because you're unique Don't do and it for great. them, do it for you. Yeah. And Unique says, like, aren't we supposed to be enemies? And Kurt's like, that's not how we roll in new directions. And I'm just like, there is a lot of infighting. Yeah. <laughs> we only hate you when we're supposed to get along. Yeah. It's only, <laughs> most of the infighting is honestly over relationships. Like, yeah. we only hate opposing show choirs if they're actively committing felonies. Exactly. But then as they leave, Unique is like, maybe I'll have to transfer schools next year. Foreshadowing is a literary device. 
on the entire audience was like, you better, you better follow through with this. We've been watching for three years. We know you love to drop a subplot. You better transfer Unique in. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. And then we cut to uh, Vocal Adrenaline doing their first number, which is a Let's starships. Let's go to the beach, each. Yeah. Mickey Minjaj. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... Here, Very here's, kids bop. Yeah. Namely because the part where the song goes higher than a motherfucker, they switch it to higher than any other. And I was like, oh my god. But also, I just wrote down like, it's fine, but not exceptional. Yeah. Partially because it's very hard to sing house electro beats. Yeah. Um, and then choreography-wise, they're truly just hucking a bunch of girls around. Yeah, it re- it really is doing the... I don't know the name this of the... This bitch st- empty. Yeet. Yes. <laughs> it- it's really doing like the like the trust fall throw. <laughs> That's basically what their big showy move is that has New Directions be like, Oh, wow, look at that. And like... Like, Alex Newell performs it fine. It's not in their most... It's not in, like, their comfort range. So it's fine. It's not It's not exceptional. Mm-hmm. It's a perfectly passable music number. Yes. Pinball Wizard, though. Yeah, it's... Pinball Wizard is much more in Alex's range, which is nice. This is my first time hearing Pinball Wizard in its entirety. <laughs> yeah, it's... Like Pinball Wizard is a good song, but I, I this is a one where I feel like Alex Newell's cover has truly surpassed it in my oh, in nice. my heart at least. Glad to hear it. Also, uh, at the time of recording, a uh, Tony Award nominated Alex Newell. Oh, that's right! Hell yeah! That happened fairly recently enough that I wanted to get it on air. That happened since the last time you recorded a few hours ago. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> For this musical number, Vocal Adrenaline produces props. They are pinball machines on wheels. And they absolutely ruin the number visually. Yeah, it's just like, so much of it is just like, they have like four pinball machines and they like, they will line them up for Unique to walk across or to stand on and pose while they spin the pinball machine around. And I just wrote down, well, first off, like, when they first bring the pinball machines out onto the stage, they're all, like, the backs of the machines are facing the audience. And I really thought that, like, Unique was going to appear from behind the pinball machines, having done a quick change into, like, a silver metallic costume to look like a pinball. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I don't need to see the costume, but a quick change would have been fun. Yes, yeah, quick change would have been a lot of fun. Can't believe Glee never had any quick changes. Missed opportunity. Yeah. It was earlier than that one, the recording, the performance that really brought uh, quick changes into public consciousness, which was uh, the, I think it was the 2015 Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella performance at the Tonys, where Laura Osnes did a quick change into the Cinderella costume on live TV, (laughs) and everyone was like, holy shit! (laughs) (laughs) Including me. But yeah, Pinball Wizard, it's just, it's, (laughs) for me, it was ruined by the prop comedy with the pinball machines yeah like i can't fault the vocals the vocals were great but i was just like come on y'all also my one my one little uh, uh nit to pick with this song is just the fact that mm, i wish they had changed the lyrics to deaf mute and blind mm-hmm. but also like i don't know i feel like lyrically that kind of makes the it doesn't have the same cadence so it's like i don't yeah. know yeah 
Oh, the other thing is that when it was first announced that they were going to be covering Pinball Wizard, mm-hmm. for some reason a good chunk of people assumed this meant that they were doing a full Tommy tribute episode. Including you, I think, right? No. I feel like you talked about doing a... Maybe it, maybe it was for your fic, but you talked about wanting to do a Tommy tribute episode. No, I've, I've, I've never spoken to... I don't even know the other songs from Tommy. You know what? I'm going to blame this on COVID. <laughs> and the persistent perpetual trauma response of the last three years <laughs> affecting my brain <laughs> but yeah a whole bunch of people were like oh my god i can't believe glee's doing a tommy tribute episode that's a terrible idea and then it's like no it's just one song come down <laughs> and it's the best one <laughs> yeah they should make a new csi but the theme song is pinball wizard <laughs> <laughs> wait this album has four sides that doesn't make sense album's not a pyramid shape is it multiple tracks or is it multiple I mean, discs like it must eight... be multiple discs. Okay. But like, cool. also, it's just when you if you have it if you show me an album if you say this is an album it has more than two sides I'm gonna be like that doesn't make sense. Also, uh, heard back from Riley about my last question. I asked them how common is prop comedy in musical theater performance in not musical <laughs> theater in show choir, namely about the pinball machines, and they said that it's very common. <laughs> that does not shock me. It shocks me. So, uh, shout out to friend and guest of the show, Riley Hopkins, for being our show choir expert on the inside. Yeah. Or in this case, on the outside, because they're not here in the recording with us. <laughs> but yeah, it's time for judgment. Okay, so we get the in the judges' quarters, Martin Fong confesses that he's a show choir junkie, and then we get, like, just five minutes of Lindsay and Perez sniping at each other. I literally wrote down Lindsay and Perez sniping each other. Because they do. This is what happens. Yeah, that's. D- it's literally what they do. Um. Yeah, I did not write down very much for this. Uh, this scene. I did note that Perez was blogging about Lindsay Lohan during the performance. I wrote down that Lindsay is here to support young artists, which I think is really nice. Yeah, until she finds out that this is not being televised. Yeah, she thought it was the Voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they do mention that. Well, Perez Hilton mentions that his favorite of the competitors were the Scale Blazers, who did a medley of music from the Starlight Express musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber, which is Cats But Trains, and they were on roller skates. Yes. (laughs) And I'm just like, wow, Andrew Lloyd Webber, huh. (laughs) And then Martin announces that they have to take this seriously, because when show choir kids' dreams are crushed, they turn into him. Yeah, poor guy. Perez Hilton wants, he wants Unique and Vocal Adrenaline to win, simply because of all of the good that it will do for uh, gender nonconforming kids everywhere, but also so that he can comment on it on his blog for the press. <laughs> and I also wrote down that he's wearing flare buttons on his lapel. <laughs> do you remember flare? <laughs> yeah, I remember flare. Yeah, it's just wild. 2012 was a year, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. And then they go to vote. We cut to Jesse St. James, who thinks that he is worthy to talk to Carmen Thibodeau, EGOT winner Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Jesse is not. Jonathan might yeah. be, but Jesse is not. You know what? He He's trying, though. This is him trying to start his redemption arc. Yeah. He says that he auditioned two years ago, and she told him that he showed promise, and she's like, yes, yes, you and about 400 other people, I'm leaving, goodbye. And he's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not here about me, I'm here about Rachel Berry. She's the greatest performer I've ever seen, and if anyone's ever going to be a star someday, it's her. <sighs> and then he goes to leave, and Carmen's like, you sang Giants in the Sky. 
You ran into obstacles with your breath work, and your diction wasn't crisp enough to handle what is arguably sometimes most challenging work, but your passion and your vocal range was admirable. Good luck to you. Yeah. And I did I did ask Annie, because she has more Sondheim insight. Annie's our other insider on the inside on the outside. And, <laughs> and she did find articles pointing out that, like, when you're actually trying to sing Giants in the Sky, it's basically got all of Sondheim's bullshit in one song with no breaks to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, because I wasn't sure if Ryan was just, like, making stuff up. Or mm-hmm. I guess Adley, I don't know Adley's uh, history with Sondheim, but I wasn't sure if the writer was just making stuff up for Sondheim. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to know that like they're actually like, yeah, Jesse truly did swing for the hills and miss. <laughs> yeah. Which is also very in character for Jesse, because he would have mm-hmm. gone for the most challenging thing he could think of and then whiff it, because he is not all he's cracked up to be necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of just like, I don't know if Rachel deserves an extra character witness no, yeah, the, the, I don't care about this for Rachel's sake. I I like it from the Jesse perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Rachel should just take a gap year. Yeah. Take well, a gap year, do some summer stock, build her resume, get a job. We're going to find out what happens with Rachel's uh, post-secondary situations in the rest of the show. Yeah, I, uh, I already have a suggested title for next episode, but I'm going to wait until we record the next one. <laughs> okay. But yeah. We cut back to inside the theater where it's uh, award ceremony time, and on stage are the only three show choirs who they could, who they could pay to be there. By which I mean they only had enough of a budget to hire extras to fill out two other show choirs. Yeah. On stage are the Portland Scale Blazers and Vocal Adrenaline and New Directions. Unsurprisingly, they give out the MVP award, which is apparently for I guess the best performer. And it goes to Unique, which I am very happy about. Yay! She deserves it. And then we do the announcement of places. And unsurprisingly, <laughs> the Portland Scale Blazers, who we only saw about 30 seconds of their performance, get third place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we do a real American Idol announcer here. <laughs> the announcer is like, And now, <laughs> the winners of the 2012 National... Show choir competition are... (laughs) Listeners, do you want to guess who wins? That didn't count. (laughs) Your first guess doesn't count. Was it the Warblers? God, that'd be wild. It's the Warblers with the steel chair! It's a writing candidate. (laughs) But yeah, it's New Directions, they win. Yay! Yay! And it's nice to see Vocal Adrenaline take it down a peg, but we get like a... We get a slow-mo montage as everyone is celebrating on stage. Everyone's hugging, and it's nice to see the cast being nice to each other. Yeah. And in the audience, we see Sue Sylvester holding up a triumphant fist towards the kids, like, you did it! And yeah, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Do you want to take the next scene? No, yeah, yeah. So, the next scene, the New Directions are re-entering the school. They've got their trophy held high. Mm-hmm. They enter and the school's dead silent, but they bump up against a big congratulations banner. Mm-hmm. And then they look and they see a bunch of students standing there, just staring at them. And they all have slushy cups. And then some hockey players walk towards them with slushy cups. And they're like, okay, here we go again. And they get ready. Especially since Rachel is in a pure white dress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they slam the, the slushy cups, but it's confetti! It's a parade! It's a victory parade through the school hallways. <laughs> And this, like, as as it's approaching, we hear, like, the, the music start up, like, and then it goes into tongue-tied. 
mm-hmm. by uh, Group Love. Mm-hmm. And this is my, this is my favorite. Song. This is my Gold Star song. Let me, I'm gonna say it right now. This is my Gold Star song because it's such a good cover and it really encapsulates the damn. They really fucking made it. Finally, they did it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's the the line Will says near the top of the episode of like. Imagine how great it would be if just for a few days before the end of the year they could be champions. And now they are champions! Yeah, they are champions, aren't they? And it's also over a montage, and we get to see, like, oh, it's, like, Tita and Mike have a very cute kiss. (laughs) And Rory gets a kiss on each cheek from two random students. (laughs) Yeah, and then we cut to, like, the choir room where everyone's popping champagne. Rory Rory and Tina both get absolutely blasted with the champagne. Yeah, because Sugar's the one breaking at the champagne. And it's very it's very fun. They're all having fun and hanging out. We see Will go into the teacher's lounge where they have balloons for him. And there's a quarter sheet cake that has Yay Champ on it. <laughs> <laughs> and Emma holds up the local newspaper, the headline of which is uh, that they won nationals. We see the boys in the locker room uh, and Finn getting his payout from Rick the Stick. Yep. <laughs> now he has $1,000 because he bet $500. So he gets 500 back and now he has $1,000. And that's how math works. Exactly. I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also... Will goes to Emma's office and he finds a pamphlet that's like, how to know when you're ready to have sex. I think it literally says, when it's finally time to have intercourse. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll cut back to them in a second, but I do want to note that we also see Sue and Figgins having a handshake in front of a, one of those ludicrously large presentation checks for an extra $10,000 to William McKinley High School. Mm Mm-hmm. And Roz is not happy about this. Yeah, because apparently, I guess it's the Cheerios didn't win. Because Sue, like, waves an itty-bitty- No, no, the Cheerios already won earlier in the season. Okay. And that's why, because, because, and Sue had been let go, and so Roz won for the Cheerios. Ah. And so that's why Sue had to come in and win a different Nationals thing to keep her reputation. Okay. And so Roz is pissed because now Sue gets to, like, bump her back off and coach the Cheerios again. Mm. Oh, yeah. We also see Vicky Jackson giving the Glee kids a double thumbs up in the hallway. And Santana gives a double thumbs up back, because game recognize game, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That is very sweet. We also get a Brentana dip kiss, and then a Finchel dip kiss, and uh, then we cut to Will and Emma having sex. Yeah. And I said out loud, don't make me watch this. Don't don't force me to witness this. (laughs) Yes. And blessedly, we have a a very quick cutaway. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then at the end of the music number, a random student comes up to Rachel and asks her to sign her yearbook, as in, like, sign the student's yearbook. Yeah. Where we see that, uh, apparently Rachel's parent, Rachel's two dads bought her a full-page ad in the yearbook. Girl, yeah. So Rachel signs the ad, and there's, like, not even a picture in on the ad. It's just, like, we, like, we love you so much, Rachel. Love your dads. And I did also note that across the, the, the other side of the spread is a full-page ad from Bert and Carol for Finn and Kurt. Aww. Saying, like, we're so proud of you guys. We know you're gonna do great, and we love you both so much. Love, Mom and Dad. Family! Family! The Hudson Hummel household! Yeah. Oh, this this whole song really gets me. Yeah. Apparently, this is, Naya Rivera has said that her favorite Britannia moment is the kiss from this performance, the dip kiss. Which is fair. It's a very good dip. 
And and my fun fact about the song is that Artie has a solo, but it's just going him going like woo and yeah yeah and don't. <laughs> it's just an amuse bouche of Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, at the uh, when they finish the musical number, we uh, we cut to the choir room where Will unlocks the trophy case and Rachel carries the trophy over, which probably weighed more than Leah. <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, Finn puts the trophy in the trophy case. And they all stand back, and they have just a really nice shot of everyone looking at the trophy, and they're so happy. And we get joyful, ma- like, the major key version of the da 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 And I'm like, cool, so this is the end of the episode, right? <laughs> no, there's more. Yeah, I was like, how is there still 11 minutes left in this episode? <laughs> so, yeah, we... Go to Figgin's office. Finn and Rachel have been summoned there. Mm-hmm. And he only has a few moments before chastising the lunch staff for selling their vegetables on the black market. So that's where all the broccoli went. Now, as co-captains of the winning of the winning nationals team, they're both receiving McKinley High bumper stickers and miniature pom-poms. And Woo! while he does not agree with their impending nuptials at such a young age, unless like a full reason of what they should have established before they get married, he is still happy to support them and gives them an envelope. And Rachel and Finn are like, oh my gosh, thank you. And they open it up, and it is $5. <laughs> and he's like, also, we're having an event tomorrow. Can New Directions sing? And they're like, sure, what's the event? He's like, can you keep a secret? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we cut to uh, Sue and Will and Emma heading down to the Teacher of the Year Awards. Mm-hmm. Huh, I wonder who's going to win. Well, Sue doesn't wonder, because she's like, I have it on good authority, by which I mean Becky is hiding in a fake filing cabinet <laughs> in Figgins' office. <laughs> which delighted me. Just like, Becky in a series of, like, get smart style facades to hide behind and get intel. I hope if there is ever a Glee boot, like, Becky can go full alias and she sneaks into anywhere with a wig and a cat suit. God, that'd be so great. I actually, oh wait, no, I just remembered, I did have a scene like that in my original Glee fanfic. <laughs> But yeah, Sue has on good authority that she is going to win. Ha ha, suck it, Schuster. Also, for her formal wear, she is wearing a tracksuit and a top hat. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so they go to the uh, ceremony. Miss Hagrid is there for her uh, retirement, and she's like, I am happy to retire from teaching and kick my addiction to painkillers. My episode of Intervention airs in June and Hoarders in August. And real quick, I do also want to note that Sue, as they're going to the auditorium, Sue is like, Emma... You look different. And Emma just kind of like looks back and smiles. Because she had sex! Ooh, you got that postcoital swagger. But yeah, as Mrs. Hogberg, the teacher who's retiring, walks off stage, Figgins says something like, go gently into that night, or something like that. It's like, she's not dying, Figgins. <laughs> he, uh, he calls Finchel on stage, and he addresses them as Finchel. <laughs> the so-called Finchel. Yes, uh, to announce Teacher of the Year. And they're back in their competition suits. Costumes, not suits. Did you write down what they say? No, um, the, basically they say that uh, a lot of teachers are teach driving infractions, but Will taught them how to dream. And then I think with Rachel, it was something like, when I first started, I was uh, an annoying Jewish girl, and I'm still a Jewish girl who's annoying, but also now I'm going to New York. <laughs> yes. Hell or high water. I'm pretty water. sure that was the extent of what she said. I, I just wrote down, Rachel also says things. <laughs> because, yeah, Will's the teacher of the year. And then it's like, and thanks to you, we are the champions. And then they sing, we are the champions. Mm-hmm. Because they're the champions. Yeah. 
it's it's nice because all the seniors get solos. Well, maybe not all the seniors, but most of the seniors get solos, which is the nice. The fact that Quinn gets a solo, I think, is like... Monumental. Yeah. Damn, they remember that Diana Agron can sing. It's fun. We see Sue mouthing along to the song as they sing, and we also, we also see Coach Beast mouthing along as well. The kids drag Will up on stage at some point, and they all get in a line, and he goes down the line and gives them all a hug. Yeah. I just wrote down that the pit is shredding. <laughs> and at the end of the musical number, Will hoists his plaque of Teacher of the Year up into the air. I don't think he deserves it. Yeah. It makes sense with the narrative that the show is pushing for this yeah. episode, but... Eh. When has that ever stopped us, Tanner? Eh. And, like, this is gonna be probably a conversation to also have happen next episode, but, like, this feels like it could have been the end of the season, but I'm also very glad that they're not, like, rushing it, that we didn't do a... that they didn't try to condense everything... They didn't try to condense the season finale into one episode. They're really, like, spreading it out, which I think is honestly really nice. Yeah. All right, I got trivia. Do you want trivia? Okay, let's get trivia. So, for general trivia, um, apparently they filmed two versions of the award ceremony for Nationals. Huh. They filmed a version where Vocal Adrenaline won, but they didn't get <laughs> confetti. And then New Directions also... And then they did the version with New Directions winning, and they got confetti. I don't know why they filmed two versions. <laughs> oh, you know what? I bet it was to, like, in case stuff got leaked. Oh, yeah, that could were, do they it. They were probably doing a drag race. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, the yearbook that Rachel signed for the random student at the end of the episode, you can apparently buy the yearbook. Like, Oh, dang. I mean, I'm not going to buy the yearbook, but it's, yeah, apparently they made that as actual merch. Hmm. So when, uh, at the start of Tongue Tied, when... Uh, the kids got back to McKinley, and that newspaper that Emma showed Will, it had a picture of Will holding the Nationals trophy in the choir room, which hadn't happened yet in the episode. <laughs> now for music trivia. So, Edge of Glory had the honor of being the only Glee song featured on Barack Obama's inaugural playlist. <laughs> like, the playlist that he made, apparently on Spotify, for his inauguration included the Edge of Glory Gleecast version. <laughs> and also, even though Mercedes didn't get to sing full lead on it, Amber Riley performed the song uh, on The Masked Singer. So she didn't oh, get cool. to sing it after all. And of course, you know, she was great. Apparently, with It's All Coming Back to Me Now, Leah Michelle had apparently been begging Ryan Murphy to let her sing a Celine Dion song. And then when she got the script for Nationals, uh, Ryan is like, hey, you got your Celine song. And it was the wrong one. <laughs> She wanted to sing To Love You More. <laughs> it's like, this is why poor communication kills. Yeah. Paradise by the Dashboard Light was the 400th musical number performed on Glee. And they had a party. Like, after they got done filming it, they had, like, a big poster of, like, 400 musical performances. And I think they had one of those, like, balloon drops, but instead of balloons, it was ping pong balls. And apparently they just, like, wrote the names of all of the musical numbers that they performed on the ping pong balls. Oh, cool. But they also had, like, snacks and things, and you can find pictures of it online. Also, I want to quote, last bit of trivia is that I want to quote a review from uh, Ray Vada, who reviewed the episode I don't remember what media outlet for, but uh, she called it, she called the Will and Emma have sex scene a really regrettable sequence where Emma leaves a pamphlet about losing her virginity on Shu's desk, and then they finally have sex. 
And I agree. It was very regrettable. Yep. Also, Emma's love language is pamphlets. Apparently. Which I'm sure we've said before. But yeah, that's the episode. That is the episode. All right. I already said what my gold star song is, so what's yours? (laughs) I think I'm also going to make my gold star song be uh, tongue-tied, because it's like you said, it's really nice to have a musical number where everyone gets- where they all win and they all get to have fun, and We Are the Champions- We Are the Champions was good, but I do like the version- by uh, Haruken Dude on Newgrounds, where it's set to The Legend of Zelda much better. <laughs> Since I started, then what's your gold star moment, Tanner? My gold star moment um, is, I think it's the rehearsal scene, where they're like, we got passion, let's just fucking do it. Let's just go for it. Guys, we got this, guys! We love it! We're gonna do it! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good. What about yourself? I think I'm gonna say that mine is that, like, this really felt like this episode really felt like a team victory. It wasn't just, you know, oh, Rachel's gonna win us nationals. Like I said earlier, like, everyone got a hand on the ball. Everyone got to sing a solo in at least one of the musical numbers. Like, everyone worked together. And I really just, like, that it was a collective victory, truly. Mm-hmm. What's your slushy? Our collective slushy. It's still a slushy. It's not even confetti. It's just slushy and it is the sex. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because it's, like... I don't need to see that. I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to see that Will receives news that he is going to have sex with his fiance. I, did, yeah. I didn't need to see that. I didn't want to see that. All right, but that is the end of the episode. But unlike other Nationals episodes, it's not, as we said before, it's not the end of the season. We have one more episode. It's graduation. All that's left is to say goodbye. Yeah, <laughs> finally. <sighs> Season two started with the episode entitled Hello, and now season three will end with the episode entitled Goodbye. Season two started with the episode auditions. No, I thought season... Hello was the mid-season premiere of season one. Oh my god. We're gonna end this podcast so that Christina can reboot her brain. (laughs) I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) You've You've been staying up too late playing Tears of the Kingdom. Well, staying up too late, but also just like, not... Staying up too late and also having to get up early yesterday to give my friend's cat his diabetes, <laughs> or his his insulin for his diabetes. <laughs> yeah, you were giving your friend's cat diabetes? That's so mean. No, he already had it. <laughs> Why would you give him more then? I wouldn't. He's a, he's a very nice meatball. <laughs> and he just has a schedule, which is getting his insulin at 6am. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> this podcast is Usually Like Me, and it's part of the Corner Podcast Network, and we can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we're not there, let us know, and we'll work on getting there. We can be found at Loser Like Me Pod on Twitter and through LoserLikeMePod at gmail.com. We also have our own Discord server and Tumblr with links in the episode description. Uh, next time, uh, as we go on, we remember all the times we... Had together. One time my band got to play a Pokeball's cannon, but we were really disappointed that we didn't get to have an actual cannon involved. <laughs> I mean, fair, honestly. Anyways, three, two, one, and, and that's, that's what, what you, you missed, missed on Glee. Glee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff this show, Tanner and Christina are gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To loser like me
Loser like me Loser like me